Welcome to State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. I'm Benjamin Klon. Zachary Reinhardt. Joseph Hardy. Alex Sahori. Mitch Sukan. We're coming to you from the studios at The Fledge in Lansing, Michigan. As we tape this, it is Saturday, July 20th. And thanks for joining us this week. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our show on iTunes and Spotify or wherever else you get podcasts. You can find us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can also follow us on Twitter at SOTRPod. And you can help support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. So uh, to start things off, uh, just this last week on Monday and Tuesday, Amazon.com celebrated their annual Prime Day. Woo woo! <laughs> um, Allow me to throw up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, everyone should probably know how we feel about Amazon and goddamn Jeff Bezos, um, but. Uh, the uh, some of the workers at Amazon, I think particularly in Minnesota, went on strike, and that was pretty neat. Yeah, Germany too. Germany too. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. I mean, yeah. everyone's knocking Prime Day, but honestly, I mean, if you guys would have seen the deals they had on guillotines, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, you might you be guessing that. Do you see the ableism takes on Prime Day on Twitter? Oh God, Twitter's a cesspool. Someone was like, um, <laughs> it was like left contrarian. Like, well, it's ableist for me to not be able to use these deals, right? Like, these deals are so good. I'm autistic, so these deals, like. <laughs> well, to the point, they, or to, to, to a point, they have, like, somewhat of a point, you know, like I always say all the time, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, but I think, you know, what makes things a little bit different in this case was that you had workers striking for uh, better working conditions, better pay, you know, things of that nature. So, you know, I think we do, in this case, have to be in solidarity with the workers. I mean, the no ethical consumption or capitalism thing, it's used for, like, nihilism purposes a lot, wherever it's like, oh, boycotts are meaningless, or, like, me not recycling is meaningless because corporations cause most pollution. But the real fact of the matter is if you had a socialist government, your lifestyle would have to drastically change. Hmm. So changing that prior to socialism is still good. I think the more things you boycott, the better it is. Like, living in the woods and just, like, <laughs> shitting a bucket. Being a sovereign citizen. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is the state of the revolution? <laughs> The Unabomber's lifestyle is correct, in my opinion. The bombs and stuff, debatable, but his lifestyle, I think, was good. <laughs> hey, hey, when it comes to I just, I just want to look at both sides. Okay, I think we should look at both sides. <laughs> well, there are people, though, who budget, you know, like their shopping, like, you know, with Amazon Prime, and that's, like, you know, how they do it. You know, that, I, that is that is a thing. And, you know, that we have a problem with, like, you know, people saving money. One food deserts and stuff, right? right? I mean, that's the whole argument by nationalizing Amazon. There is a point that, I, like... I agree with that. Some people can't get certain things in their area, certain foods, unless they order it. And the best way to order is via Amazon. But, I mean, the concept of boycott at its core is good. And most boycotts at their core have a good cause. I agree. Um, I agree with that. I think there, you know, there's clearly people who probably have exceptions. But... Um, I, it's just I think you have to show solidarity with the people boycotting instead of saying you know explaining in ad nauseum why you can't boycott 
Yeah. Well, uh, the the Verge uh, published a report uh, that they put together on the uh, on the workers' strike in Minneapolis, and I just wanted to read a quote where um, the reporter was talking to a spokes a spokesperson for Amazon, and the spokesperson she said, "It's Prime Day. It's high visibility, so we know that our critics, unions and politicians, are going to use it to raise their visibility, and we know from a and we know from a business perspective." It works to the union's favor because it will also increase their union dues. There's a business case to be made there. And she also said, it's very hot. It will be interesting to see how many people hang out out there, which just has like, like big Mr. Smithers from the Simpsons energy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have fun yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, the new, <laughs> fuck you guys. They look hot. Spray them with a fire hose. I was literally going to make the exact same joke, Zach. <laughs> it's kind of funny that like, uh, they created their own union buster by creating global warming. <laughs> so, corporations continuing to pollute the earth is helping stop unions. Like, they don't need Pinkertons anymore. You could just say, hey, too hot, you're gonna die. Six dimensional <laughs> chess. That really is like 60 chess. It's only helping them. <laughs> so we have to storm the buildings. They have AC, right? Yeah. <laughs> in some parts, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, not the warehouse. Yeah, definitely not the warehouse. Definitely not in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the studio right now, it's about hot as the devil's asshole right now. So we're feeling the effects of global warming. I don't know, I'm right feeling now. fine. <laughs> so yeah, you're... I, I'm going on Amazon right now. Now buying an AC, and I don't know about you guys. <laughs> this, is, this is probably how the studio felt when they're recording the Carter Three. I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, something that I, I just love about this is that um, before you know boycotting Amazon and Prime Day and all these things were sort of fringe ideas, but I, I sort of judge the mainstream news cycle based on like, what my parents know. And they're, my mom's like, "Yeah, you know they're they're in, you know the strike in Minnesota." I'm like, "Holy shit!" shit nice. <laughs> so it's like okay you know this is that de- this is definitely becoming more mainstream more people are are starting to know about it um and this is exactly how we got worker rights in the first place you know it was it was um, riots it was boycotts it was you know threatening to f- fight your boss walk up into your boss's office and throw hands so um w- waiting we're, we're gonna you know perish waiting for um washington dc to do anything so you know we definitely have to show solidarity with the workers and I mean, the clock's ticking on. So, you got, I don't think it's possible to do an armed revolution in America because of the military, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, the clock's ticking. And that's why these companies are pushing so hard for automation because as soon as you were able to mostly automate, uh, labor withholding becomes less of a powerful tool. So, we're literally in like the doomsday clock to where our last tool to organize is dwindling as these companies try and automate. And the ones who are worse to workers like Uber and Amazon are pushing the hardest on AI and replacing workers at all levels with. Yeah. Well, well, you know, this kind of like goes to like, you know, one of my criticisms of just like um, individual uh, changing, you know, versus, you know, societal change. Right. And this kind of like goes back to what we were talking about with the boycotts earlier. Like um, in the case where like, you know, hundreds of people are laid off by automation, what they're going to do is they're going to be like, look, yeah, um, all of you guys now have the opportunity to like uh, change your individual uh, habits so that, you know, the climate change thing, you know, isn't a big deal anymore. And I think that's kind of like a trap that, you know, could be getting set 
if we really rely on like individualism. Yeah, you know, yeah. To take let's, us let's, out. let's use less straws. We're saved. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, I agree with that. But what's that have to do with the whole labor withholding dwindling item? The individual. Um, I'm sorry. Could you? Because oh, you you branched off. I was talking about we're losing the ability for labor to um, organize because of automation. Well, I mean. Well. I mean, yeah, like, of course, like, mm. it, it's going to be trouble for, like, or, labor organizing, but, like, that's kind of, like, my point is, like, you know, the labor organizing is what's really going to change society, not the individual differences or the individual, like, changing of your uh, behavior. I agree. With, but yeah, I'd agree with that. And, you know, withholding labor is, you know, just but one part of direct action. You know, disruption is also. Uh, that's why I was saying before, like, that. yeah, that's why I was saying before, like, you know, it's a good time to boycott Amazon right now because, you know, like the strike is going on and, you know, there's like a labor action. Right. And there's so, like we have to we have to be we have, my, my point is we have to be very strategic in um, how we like put our efforts. And there's an electoral element to this as well. I mean, uh, you look at AOC, um, you know, when she first turned like was fighting against the I mean, obviously her and the people on the ground, because mm-hmm. like. You know, the people on the ground make the difference. Um, fighting against the Amazon headquarters in New York and them getting all those um, billions of dollars in subsidies to have a helipad and all of this. And they're like, no, no, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, obviously the right and their argument was, well, now all these jobs are gone. Your Amazon's not coming back. Yeah. And then it find out like just last week, they actually opened up a headquarters in New York, no tax subsidies. Um, they're actually going to be hiring the people from local. The place before was going to be hiring from out oh, of town. So that. it's like every, element. every vindication. Turns out that BU ever. economics degree wasn't worthless after all. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they think she's so stupid, but she's literally a trained economist. It's pretty disgusting. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they, they think Anyone stupid who talks about broad social programs that's stupid to them right if the, if the poor had more money then everything would yeah. collapse did you guys see uh ben garrison's uh new um four horsewomen of the apocalypse i did uh, yeah uh, uh no I yeah comic it's yeah. right it's super racist it but, uh, omar has a schmittar yeah, she's got like a sword wow. and like uh, Rashida Tlaib's got like a sickle, like a giant sickle. Sounds and, awesome. No, like, <laughs> and each, and each, no, and each representative like has like a you know like characterizing trait that he like labels like AMC's like stupidity. Rashida Tlaib is like obscenity. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what they get. Like, that actually makes me. That actually is so badass. That like that's the only thing that they yeah. can think about with Rashida Tlaib You're is like. Obscene. You're obscene. Right? She said motherfucker. <laughs> well, the whole thing is like conservatives want the apocalypse to happen. They want Jesus to come back. That is part of the core reason that we love Israel so much is because that's where the final battle is supposed to happen. That's part of the conservative right, ethos. They're all rapture like wackos. So, they want, they, so if, if these women are really the horsemen of the apocalypse, that should be good to Yeah, them. they should be excited. That's, what the fuck? Yeah, you can, <laughs> your, your messaging is all over the place. Yeah. So, yeah. What's the other it. Yeah, I mean, like, if, if the rapture happens, according to their worldview, it'd be Mike Pence chilling with, like, uh, Mitt Romney and, like, maybe ten other people. <laughs> ben Garrison might be there. I think being a cartoonist is a sin, though. Megan McCain's probably, probably there, too, you know. <laughs> well, going, going back to Amazon real quick, um, there was a group of 13 members of Congress just a few days ago. Um, there's a group of 13 members of Congress, uh, including Bernie Sanders. Sanders, AOC, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, and I believe Elon Omar uh, were calling for a Department of Labor investigation on uh, of uh, 
of uh, Amazon's warehouses. Um, Good, they should. Do oh it. yeah, that was that thing where uh, Amazon had tweeted at Bernie Sanders, and they were like, "Oh, you should come by our headquarters and take a picture." And he's like, "I don't want your damn picture. I want an investigation." <laughs> <laughs> they ended up like deleting their tweet. Yeah. Oh snap! <laughs> did, did Bernie just pull his dick out? And put it, put it, slap it on the table. Fuck you, Bezos. Since he got the sword, that was an act <laughs> in Congress. Yeah, he straight murdered him. Goddamn. <laughs> Since Bernie got the sword, he's been way more aggressive. And sarcastic. It's mm-hmm. amazing. You know mm-hmm. how we got that sword, right? Dennis Kucinich uh, gave it to him. Uh, no, 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 it was Ross, Ross, Ross Perot. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Excalibur. Dennis, I'm voting for the president with the most sword. Dennis swords. Kucinich isn't dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might as well be. Goddamn. I think it was like the Hard Times or some or someone published an article that said like I'm supporting whichever candidate uh, proves they have more swords than Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. No, it's bad. You're, you're gonna see like Lilith Thorne like stumbling through the door, carrying like, <laughs> like dropping swords. Cling, 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 cling. Well, I mean, Kamala Harris has a shield. Oh. That's a cop joke. Oh. <laughs> uh, you guys, God fucking damn oh, flowers. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, do you uh, is uh, is Acosta still the labor secretary? No, he resigned. Oh, okay, that's right. The, he did yeah, resign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, oh yeah, the and, uh, uh, Trump. Scandal. Trump is nominating Antonin Scalia's son to replace him. Oh my <laughs> God! Where do we keep finding what? these people? Yeah. I thought we were done with Scalia. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, well, his son's probably like eighty years old because Scalia was like two hundred. No, the Federalist Society like aged him a hundred years. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure the Fed side just built like a uh, robot from like Futurama and just like put his head in a jar and put I mean, on top like Sc- robot Nixon. It's his son. <laughs> <laughs> Wink, wink. <laughs> it's actually all of his cancer cells. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been saying Scalia's they a cancer survive. for years. The cancer so. cells survive. He died of a heart attack, but I'm sure he had a lot of cancer cells, too. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has some. I think he was made of at least 90%. <laughs> well, he's, no. been, he's been a cancer on the American judiciary for years, so yeah, that, so that I'm, follows. I'm sure uh, Scalia's son is definitely going to uh, investigate these um, Amazon warehouses. I'm sure that. Oh, for sure. Sure, yeah. Sure, uh, every night he goes to his room, gets out of the easy, he's like, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> what is your bidding, Papa? <laughs> what's, more, what's more likely that the Democrats what's more likely that the Democrats investigate uh the um Amazon warehouses or that they're gonna investigate Jeffrey Epstein? What do you think's more likely? Oh <laughs> uh, Amazon. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I'd say they're more likely to investigate Epstein, I think. I think yeah. so, too. I mean, you got like two billionaires, but one touches kids. It's yeah, a lot yeah, easier yeah. to go after that one. <laughs> well, you know, they got to protect hey, their fellow Democrats. We don't know what Bezos does. Yeah, they have, yeah. They have, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they have to protect Chris Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, heard, <laughs> I heard that that's a different Chris Tucker, actually. Uh have you seen Rush Hour though? There's some major, there's some major tells. It's not 
I'm going to go with it's that Chris Tucker. <laughs> All I'm saying is. I'm not going to Google that because I'm just going to keep on thinking that's that the George Howard Chris Tucker. All, All I'm saying is all of that. Alan Dershowitz's friends are not going to allow it at Marfa's Vineyard for him to just be like smeared like that. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein tried to invite Jackie Chan. He got the actors in Rush Hour confused. <laughs> it's like a giant corruption circle, though, with all the uh, different, like, you know, obviously, obviously, like, Acosta got there, you know, because of, like, the, I mean, it looks like the production of Epstein was a huge play in that. And then I'm, I'm curious where Antonin Scalia's son kind of fits into all this whole, whole thing. Because I imagine that he's not exactly innocent. Of uh, anything. You know, if the apple didn't fall far from the tree kind of thing. Yeah, well, Epstein was deeply, like, embedded in um, both the Democratic and Republican, you know, a power broker. So that's yeah, why just the elite, get, really. Get away with it for so long. <laughs> you know, as um, I was reading earlier this week, uh, at the same time that Kamala Harris was blasting Epstein, she also uh, took money from <laughs> oh, yeah. his <laughs> firm. So... Like she's been doing that a lot, flipping back and forth. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, she's just. Uh, I think someone called her Cinnamon Hillary. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! You said it. She has a uh, public yeah. and private position. Yeah, public and private position on anything. Like for example, if we can go off on a, just a little tangent about the, about the last debate when Kamala, you know, everyone was you know applauding her over um, the Joe Biden um, um, attack, which you know she did decimate him. You know, just from an optics standpoint it was great but you know a couple days later she's saying oh well no i believe in busing i just don't believe in uh the federal government mandating busing which is exactly what she was attacking <laughs> yeah, which, which is yeah. exactly, that's exactly the same thing as joe biden's position just worded differently so <laughs> so she's this has become like a theme so you know we can we can expect this from the, the epstein investigation too well and to people who aren't very politically like political nerds that's you don't you're allowed to do that no one cares no one notices that you flipped on it if you just yeah. say it in like some article because somewhere she, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah because she gave a great performance and that's what yeah. it was it was a yeah. performance most people watch the keynote stuff like the debates and cnn coverage yeah those articles don't. and those snippets are more for the donors and for the people that they need to reassure yeah. and for political nerds who'll yeah. be like fuck you but mm-hmm. then you know what's the so, yeah, I mean, but with social media, a lot of people can get that stuff out there. So I think the landscape's changing where you can't flip like that, I hope. Because, I mean, even on my Ohio Facebook, which is very basic, um, like a lot of like black people in my hometown were talking about Kamal as a cop and talking about history, which I wouldn't have seen in previous elections. It is crazy. I think that, I think Twitter has a lot to do with yeah. that. Um, you know, and just to be fair, you know, like Bernie actually has a similar <laughs> position on this, but his uh, whole thing is like, the well, government doesn't care about right, black the, people. the federal government doesn't give a shit about black people and they never have. And if they did, they would probably, they would do the uh, most massive wealth transfer in American history for like black people in America by putting Medicare for all, canceling student debt, well, yeah. and with all that reparation. Well, that, was during, also, that was during a WAPO thing. They like they did the misquote that um, I believe uh, Rachel Maddow said during the debate about him opposing busing. And it was a WAPO event owned by Jeff Bezos. They're trying to right. smear him. Are you talking about the one with Acosta? And he was like, he was like, yeah. can you read the full quote there? He's like, I know you have the full quote. In 1974, you said that busing policies were well-meaning in theory, but sometimes result in, quote, racial hostility. What else did I say in that? D- tell me. No, you've got it there. Read it. Re- read the whole quote. I don't have the whole quote. 
The whole quote is the federal government doesn't give a shit about African Americans. Well, that is true. That's why. Like, it feels like I said, Bernie, Bernie got more, his ass. Being more sassy <laughs> now. No, is, this really, is this really being sponsored by Bank of America? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the guy won't read the full quote. And then Bernie's like, the full quote is. I thought the federal government doesn't give a shit about black people. Right, and he Ka- said it. He oh, should wow. pay Kanye for that quote, but... <laughs> <laughs> Kanye said it first, guys. Kanye's been woke. Maybe he's got a point. Kanye was Kanye was just psychotic. It's just too bad how Kanye died a couple, two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's, heart, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> Kanye has, like, bipolar disorder, but he goes from being woke to being uh, MAGA charged. The sunken place is real. I think he'll yeah. be fine in like five years honestly he'll probably be fine i don't years. know one of my favorite tweets that i i saw since like uh kanye went off the rails was like man i really wish kanye's mom wouldn't have died oh yeah <laughs> kanye's mom would have seven straight Jeez. well you see donald trump's tweet today right about kanye no i didn't donald trump tweeted i'm in contact with i'm Paraphrasing, he's like, I'm in contact with Kanye West right now, and we're trying to get ASAP Yams out of jail. Wait, wait Donald wait, Trump. Wait, 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 ASAP Rocky. Sorry, wait, yeah. did, did, Kanye, did Kanye get a new diplomatic position? I don't know about <laughs> what the fuck does Kanye West have to do with any, Kanye West? Be reaching out to you, man. You're the president. Yeah. Did it, did that's, it, what, that's what Donald Trump does, though. Is he'll be super racist, and then he does one. He'll, he'll like do one. Like he'll name a road, a street, like MLK Boulevard, or like free one black. <laughs> person, and then all the supporters like, whoa, this guy isn't racist. He freed ASAP Rocky. That's a rapper. <laughs> but meanwhile, black people are like, wow, there's already three MLK Boulevard in my city. Why did you? Why did we need another one? <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, I did it. I did it. Conservative America is black people are slaves again, but every street is named MLK Boulevard. <laughs> that's a conservative that, that, dream. Now, I think that, that sounds more like a democratic dream. You know? That's like, democratic. Yeah, 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 you know, but that, that's American politics. Yeah they, still, yeah, they still want them, uh, the Confederate generals, you know? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like Paul, calling them conservatives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got, you got me there. <laughs> it's like Paul Ryan doing the I have a dream speech to talk about colorblindness. Like, I can't even see color, man. When I pass the law called blackpeoplecanvote.com, you might I can't well see purple. color. I just thought that was, I read the bill and I didn't see that part. So, well, did that you, was the dream, though. Well, I'm just colorblind. Well, well, did you see that recent article? It was in uh, New Hampshire. Uh, let me see if I can look it up now, but... Uh, um, it was an, um, a I, New Hampshire rep. Yeah, who said that, you know, um, I'm a person of color. I'm white. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> well, technically, if you guys knew anything about science, white is actually all the colors. All the so, uh, shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, white people are the most diverse of all of us. So, uh, yeah, maybe you should yeah. stop being racist. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff. Uh, New Hampshire had another thing. Uh, it was uh, this morning that where a rep said that uh, just if just because you're a slaveholder doesn't mean you're racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some, sometimes it's just an accident. Like, oh shit, I thought I was buying cookies, and now I just own people. Oh man, like nothing's oh, racist no. anymore. We're gonna, we're gonna I, talk about this. I'm not so. a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because because like um, you have you have so many weird takes coming out, and I believe it was um, you know AOC said this like maybe a couple months ago that you know when you say the you say the silent part out loud, we're getting a lot of that where they're not even. <laughs> it used to be the, the racism used to be layered in subtext and you know states bullshit rights. For you. It used to be a dog whistle, states, now it's yeah, a blowhorn. Yeah, yeah, states' rights and welfare queens and well, the, and, and that uh, was just during um, babies and all that shit. 
that was during like the Southern strategy, and they stuck with the dog whistles for a bit. But now, like under Trump, they realize they don't have to do it. And it's funny, Meghan McCain saying, "I can't attack Omar anymore," <laughs> was like I tweet, I quote tweet oh, that I said, "Jesus," I quote tweet that, and I said, "When someone breaks your dog whistle, because Meghan McCain's very dog whistly, because mm-hmm. McCain's an old school politician, and she's she'll never say something." Well, she's oh, not a politician. Yeah, I'm saying she she knows Just like Chelsea Clinton. Yeah. She's never had a real yeah, job. She learned from him. She, she, doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't break. She doesn't break the um. Decorum like Trump, she'll say very racist things, but she uses the you know the c- good boy conservative language. Uh-huh. Where Trump just said, "Get all of her sports and get her out of this country," and she's like, "Oh, now I can't attack. Now I can't do my attacks on Omar because you made it look racist." Right? Because she's like, she, <laughs> what she's really saying is like, "Can you please just use the right words?" Yeah. No, and, and, well, and this I, is, the same kind of d- dynamic is going on on the left too. You have like people like the Forward Opinion editor, uh, editor uh, Batia Unger Sargon of Akkad talking. Talking about how like is Ilan Omar like working for the Trump administration now, putting up a BDS resolution, like, and that day, that day she tweets before the Nazis exterminated six million Jews, they took away their citizenship. A stateless person has no rights, which literally drives me crazy because fucking Palestinians haven't had a state since uh, the UN like put a resolution that said we were supposed to be granted a state. We've never fucking had one. We've never had rights ever since then and she's been attacking with bad faith politically motivated attacks like about Ilan Omar for months and it's opened to the door it's opened the door to all this she her the the constant that uh, uh, Batia Unger Sargon. Yeah. She's the uh, opinion of, uh, editor of the Forward. Like it's really, un- it really goes to show that how dangerous it is for uh, you know to, to this mislabeling of anti-Semitism for you know criticism of Israel. Right? It shows right here. Like this is because this is the justification of the racism now. Right, yeah. this bad faith, politically motivated attacks that were levied by the left, and they'll use well, the, not left. the left. They'll they'll use like, Chelsea Clinton, yeah, Chelsea's Clinton, and Pelosi. people like Batia Unger Sargon, in Pelosi, and, yeah, in Pelosi. And Pelosi, right? This is all on them. They set the stage for all of this. Yeah, and yeah. Well, uh, I was, I was, I was saving this topic for like the last, uh, like the last twenty minutes of the show, but I guess we'll just skip ahead to it, move it up. Um, for I, I'm sure everyone knows uh, by now, uh, Don. Donald Trump uh, tweeted uh, some pretty goddamn racist shit uh, about how the squad uh, should go back to their should go back to their own countries, and um, it's just it's it's not surprising. Um, I'm su- I, I mean, the only thing that surprises me is that it's taken this long for him to say something like this. I mean, I, he started his campaign, you know, like what, you know, the on the wall. Yeah, um, yeah, they're they're sending rapists, they're sending murderers. Right, right. You know, so you know, is, you got a point there, and I maybe shouldn't be like so surprised, but like I haven't like thought about those words since like I was in middle school and I was mm-hmm. like being told that. You know, like I just. It really just kind of, like, is amazing. Like, those words specifically, because, like, those words are, like, in United States law, like, as racist. Like, they're defined as racist in United States labor laws, right? Like, these words are, like, so ubiquitous, like, to people growing up of color or, like, black people, you know? Like, and, you know, they're... There was a time, like, I just, honestly, I thought we were kind of like, it's, it seems ridiculous that, you know, I thought that we were past that, but I just haven't heard those words in so long, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It and really Pelosi is. refused to call him racist because... Just his words, yeah. Just his words, there's, yeah. There's, there's a debate internally worst. about, is it, is it 
she's obsessed with regulation and shit and the rules of being Democrats are so obsessed with playing nice. Where this Trump doesn't follow the rules at all, so why should you? Or Mitch Anyways, McConnell, you know. Yeah, they're obsessed, any of them, they're really. obsessed with order over justice. So right. well, yeah, she, won't, like the, she won't call she won't call Trump racist. And then Elizabeth Warren quote tweets the Pelosi thing about her saying Trump's words are racist and Warren restates the words are racist and then quote tweet she persisted. Right. Like we, that, that, what that, what, that, that, what is persisting? That, persisting yeah. Is persisting, persisting just being a woman in politics and just stomping all over like our history, <laughs> the civil rights movement? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. No, like and, and, and we've been talking about this like for a few weeks now on the podcast, like who's worse, like Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi. Maybe it's because just Nancy Pelosi has much more like opportunity to fuck up because she's the speaker of the house. Then uh, she can do something, right? Yeah, yeah. she has the power to do yeah. something. Like, yeah, Schumer. But, well, if the, if the, if the, I mean, yeah. But but my point is, is like you look at you know like the decisions she's making. Look, go back to like you know when this first uh, Ilhan Omar stuff like really started, like a, f- a few months ago, back when they were trying to uh, you know do their first their first House resolution. Their very first one, HR one, which was like fantastic for voting rights, right? That whole thing was just like totally pushed aside, and like nobody was talking about it because Nancy Pelosi decided that she was going to condemn Alan Omar for anti-Semitism, and then what happened? She was forced to self-correct. She was forced to self-correct because it was bad politics. It's the same thing happening here again. She attacks uh, the squad. Right. And she opens the door for Donald Trump to go on this literally like this is a turning point into fascism. Like this is another step. We're that much closer to fascism, like real deal, like just complete fascism. Especially I mean, are we not a fascist state, though? I, 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 I under, like, because there's not open contempt for democracy yet until there's open contempt for democracy. Like, but, but I would I say think, the I world think we already saw that. that yeah. We already the saw that at the, the, the rally. And, the rally. Yeah. He just I'm, I'm sorry. Just real quick. Mm-hmm. The, the rally that he had a few days ago, uh, the, the rally that Trump had a few days ago where you know his crowd was literally chanting send her back when he was, he was uh, talking about Elon right, so Omar. Right. So it's not it's not about fucking actual people who came back the right way. It's actually just fucking brown people that they hate or anybody who speaks up. I mean that's always been clear. Right. Though. Like yeah, that's yeah. always been clear, right? But it's just so to much us, clear now. Yeah. Like this is a step towards that open contempt of democracy though. Well, and it's one hundred percent on it's one hundred percent on the Democratic Party and uh and Nancy Pelosi. We talked about honestly, this last time about how um Conservatives are very united and are looking for any weakness. We're Democrats because of their style of politics, like liberals because of their style of politics will break ranks because some of them lean more right, some of them lean more left, and there's not real unity in that party. And any break you show, the now openly fascist right-wing party will seize that because they're they're fascists. Fascists are hungry and all they do is attack and they look for any sign that you're wounded and they'll go after you. Right, Joe, what were you going to say? Yeah, I'd just like to, you know, just as far as the step towards the open contempt for democracy, I believe that for the if anything shown about American history is that there's always been an open content for democracy. If we're talking about I the, agree with that. Like, looking back at the the elections in the South, the way they've always run, you know, the tricks change based on the times. Yeah. You know, poll taxes and you know black codes and everything. And, not, and, and yeah, for the past you know ten years, you know, pretty much ever since um, you know Barack Obama you know um, took the White House, you know, they've been gerrymandering you know the, this you know gerrymandering to shit. And now you know um, even and and. 
to draw contrast with uh, Trump's comments, the Supreme Court, you know, just, you know, very recently said that, hey, gerrymandering is not our problem. You know, like, let the states do it. You know, states rights. Yeah, it's like we, we um, the gerrymandering, which their reasoning was, you know, um, it, gerrymandering is an issue, but the people should vote to fix gerrymandering. But hold on, how are people going to vote to fix the fact that they that their votes don't count? It's a complete fucking catch twenty two. Right. So we're, we're yeah we're so you know this is you know it's not. Um, I believe it was you know it was Malcolm X that said you know everyone's worried about you know um, they're becoming a police state, but the black community has always been a police state. You know, right. yeah. and what's happening right now is that these um, the problems that we've ignored for generations upon generations are starting to you know affect everyone. You know, well I think I think spilling that, over into white America. Yeah, I think exactly. I think my point is though is that like you know the what what do people mean by democracy? Right. A lot of people just like have, you know, different ideas of what that means. Yes. Yeah, right. We're not democratic, yeah. though. Right. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, like we we have this idea of democracy. Right. But like I like we pay a lot of attention, you know, like a majority of the electorate, you know, just like doesn't really have strong developed views on what democracy is. So oh, yeah. like so when so if they still believe that Donald Trump like believes in democracy, like that's like. It's just it's harder. It's harder to say we're a fascist state until you have like that turn. Yeah, you could also make the argument that democracy itself it just feeds into fascism and capitalists taking control of it. That's all. There's also a legitimate argument about that. There is a legitimate because you know wealth gives you voting power, right? All that stuff. I mean, like an American democracy has continually just been more and more dominated by capitalists and more and more cutting out people of color. That's that's, Zizek's um, hypothesis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fucking bummer, huh? (laughs) 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 You fucking, oh my God. So yeah, like, um, yeah, he's fucking, he's just a racist. You know, like the tweets were like awful. You know, I really... I really can't wait until uh, we find out whether or not we're going to spend four more years with this guy so that I can just... I mean, there is... I can go back. Silver lining, there is, like... uh, I mean, there's people fighting against the fascist state. Right. You know. But but Antifa might be illegal now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you're against fascism, you are the fascist. No, Ted Cruz and someone else, I forget who else, they're trying to pass a bill to make Antifa... So, first of all, Antifa is not real. It's an organizing method. It's not a group. Yeah. It's but, it's not an organization. It's a tactic. Yeah. So right. what you what you could imply by that is anyone who's protesting against the police. I mean, you could literally say any leftist protests Antifa. Way, way overly broad. So um, they are actually pushing to make Antifa illegal, which essentially means any left wing protest is illegal because they call every left wing protest Antifa. Mm-hmm. Um, covering your face would probably be illegal as well. Yeah, you know, what's really sinister about that is um, a lot of these states were using uh, statues that are originally aimed at um, um Taking the hoods off the KKK, um, a lot of these statues are passed, so KKK couldn't march in their hoods anymore. Yeah. So now, you know, fast forward, you know, a co- you know, a couple decades or whatever, and some of these same statutes are being said, yeah, well, you can't wear a Guy Fox mask, you know, you can't wear a bandana, you can't, you can't do this. So they're, you know, just we see this also with like the hate crime laws, where like in Louisiana, they wanted to add um, um, cops to the protected class, <laughs> hate crimes. So you see a lot of these um, same statutes used to uh, protect. Um, you know, protect minorities and protect oppressed people being completely repurposed, you know, to, yeah, to, yeah, to protect power. Um, and you, we, we see this manifest in so many, so many different ways. You know, these are just a few off the top of my head, but yeah. Well, the thing about Antifa is they're vastly outnumbered by the right wing militias and vastly outarmed by the right wing militias. So Antifa 
I mean, it, like, and I'm not talking about this group, like, any anti-fascist organizing, you are in danger. You're outnumbered by the people you're opposing. Also, they control all levels of government. Yeah, five, so, five Ferguson protesters have been found dead. Yeah. Know, ever yeah. Since, uh, ever since so you cover your face because the cops hate leftist organizations. Absolutely. The militias who the cops support hate you, and there's people who are willing to kill you. So, of course, you're hiding your face. Right, and th- think about the double standard, too, you're always here. Like, you always hear right-wing violence. You always hear about right-wing violence, but over and over again, we're told, oh, well, that's not all conservatives. Oh, that's not all Republicans. But, like, when Antifa beats the shit out of somebody who literally is, like, organizing no for, one. for... Yeah, who's literally organizing for white power and for white supremacy and is out there like i don't think you should feel fucking safe going out there like fucking talking about white supremacy like no we've we're past that yeah i fear, it, for, I, the, dude, I fear for the squad man. i I've, I've talked mm-hmm. about it on this uh i am not i've talked about it on the podcast before i'm not a pacifist you know like i think that if you uh are defending people you know that you can fucking use violence. You are those people are going out inciting violence just on their message alone. Well, yeah, well, that I, one guy in the Oregon uh, thing, like where they were showing like the picture of him, like all bloodied up. A lot of them weren't showing the picture of him marching in there with like a police baton, like ready mm-hmm. to like you know, right? So like it, it's propaganda. And yeah, you talk about civil rights um, bills being repurposed to protect power, but the language of diversity itself has been moved to protect right wingers as well. Because you have the whole concept of ideological diversity. I think we talked about that in a previous episode where, you know, it's just my opinion. You know, you'll hear that a lot from right wingers. And they'll be like, oh, what, you're going to attack me? You're going to come after me for my opinion? Oh and they god. treat it like racism. Oh, oh, oh my god, you're yeah. you're going to, you're not going to like me just because of politics? It's just politics. Like, well, politics well, are we, based on your morals. So, and, <laughs> and people, well, you, you yeah. don't like me just because I have shitty morals? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't like me because I core of my humanity? Yeah. <laughs> Americans like don't view politics as what it is. A lot, a lot of normal like local news consuming Americans don't view politics as what it is, which is a battle over resources that often means life or death for lots of people. Right at its core, because we try and clean it up for people. And in other countries, people do get that. Mm -hmm. Like this is a very American and somewhat uh, Euro for now. Even Europeans do understand that because they've seen mass deaths happen. But America, it's like politics, like a thing. All like Kamala Harris is nice; she's good at speaking. But, you know, it's life or death. And if you're going out there talking white supremacist language, your ideas can very well lead to the death of tons of people. As we're seeing in the camps now, white supremacist language and propaganda led to these camps. Yeah. Right. And people yeah. with shitty politics of, you know, especially uh, in the last several years have been using the cop out of like, you know, we can just agree to disagree. Yeah. So like, no, no we no. can't. We can't agree to disagree no, on this no, when it comes you. to fucking no. human rights. No, we're going to keep arguing. No, block the door. All right. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not walking away from this from this conversation right now. Well, and that's the thing. If you, if you ask someone, because we teach the Holocaust very poorly, but if you ask someone, is the woman who quietly voted for, like, supported the Nazi party, both just like, you know, a bread baker or a wife or something, are they complicit in the Holocaust? A lot of people would say yes. I mean, a lot of rational people would say yes. If you supported that movement, you're complicit in the Holocaust. And that's the thing. If you are marching America towards furthering the atrocities in these camps, separating people by race, you are part of murder. Mm -hmm. You are a bad person, and people should exclude you from society. Hashtag Ice Bay. Yeah. This, yeah. The scariest part about, like, um, you know, what you just kind of went over, like, you know, talking about, like, the Holocaust. And, like, there's a lot of historians, like, you know, who talk about how, like, um, 
how like they really started like ramping up the mass executions because like they just didn't have the fucking resources to like keep them in the camps any longer and i'm worried about when we fucking get to that point well, what the fuck's gonna happen to these people but also people don't talk about the thing they killed a lot of people including Anne frank there's a tweet about this was you know, life-borne disease. Exposure. Yeah, yeah, exposure. Exposure killed more people than the gas chambers did. Yeah. Unsanitary conditions are a tool of genocide. Keeping right. people in unsanitary, which is what we're no, doing. Exactly, exactly. And also, 100%. it's a way... If so, if like, you, we're already there, guys. If someone dies of disease, you could say, oh, they, you know, they just died. And then, you know, Trump supporters will support that. If I think, Well, that's been the uh, DHS's, yeah. like, defense. It's like, oh, these people were already sick or they were yeah. too far gone. We couldn't do anything for them. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You you've been keeping them in horrific wait, conditions, I'm, making them drink out of fucking toilets. Wait, wait, wait! I thought I thought America had the best healthcare in the world. That we didn't, <laughs> that, we didn't have, that we didn't have to change for any reason. What? What I thought? Well, and they've learned from the past because optics-wise, you know, they know if people are dying of exposure, if they're dying of suicide, then you know the Ameri- the whole American mindset conservatives have built is that if you something happens to you, it's your personal responsibility, and that applies to sickness, suicide. Anything that kills you that isn't someone shooting you in the fucking face. So, you know, you could let the people die those ways and the Republicans will buy into it and say, oh, we're not killing these people. You know, that's their responsibility. If you got to take care of your body, maybe they should be looking at Instagram and working out more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Wait, I mean, we had the first like, m- like I'd say like martyr, like the guy that attacked the yeah. uh, God hero. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, he was like, cheers, John Brown. Yeah, cheers on that man. Well, you know the the thing that throughout history you see is that you know, and I forget who even said this quote, but um, things start happening you know more gradually and then all at once at the same time. Yeah. And you know, we see that um, like John Brown raiding Harper's Ferry, you know, years before the Civil War was one of the you know things that smart sparked the Civil War. You know, it it began a you know a gr- great chain of just you know rebellion and um, disorder. And th- that's my main issue with um, you know Nancy. Pelosi and the entire like you know centrist flank in the House of Representatives right now is that they're just they're, they're so worried about order and you know th- like I saw someone have a take like you know we're about to head towards the darkest period since the Civil War. Civil War was a good thing. Are you, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and it was a, you know it was one of the you know the centrists is like oh no we're about to, we're about to have a, a clash over human rights. Yeah, yeah, we should we should do that. Yeah, because we should fucking fun. do Otherwise, that. People are going to die and by the thousands, the hundreds of thousands, by the millions. And if it was like the Civil War, right? John Brown, who started like the chain of events, he was a full abolitionist, Absolutely. moral abolitionist, mm-hmm. wanted a Haiti type situation where there's a slave. Like a, a black state, yeah. because these people are. Oppressed. There's a leftist gun club named yeah, after him. He studied yeah. Haiti, yeah. and I mean, you, what's funny is in American schools, you don't learn about Haiti a lot, or any slave rebellions, yeah. really. You know, I learned well, about that from my own family. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't taught about you know Nat Turner, you know John Brown, or um, Denmark Vassay, or you know Toussaint Louverture. You know, yeah, uh, Toussaint, yeah, Toussaint Louverture. Yeah, I didn't learn about that. Toussaint your, Louverture your, until college. your schools didn't uh, teach you about forced migrants. Big time. Uh, <laughs> Big time book recommendation if anyone has read hasn't read Black Jacobins. Uh, oh I'm yeah, not, I've heard about I'm, that I'm book. Not, black Jacobins is uh, I forgot the author's name. It's a Marxist black writer and he covers 
the um, Haitian Rebellion, and John Brown studied the Haitian Rebellion. There's a lot to learn from it, and it was it's very leftist. It's looking at the French Revolution and how it interplays the Haitian Revolution and how they actually successfully managed. I'm getting chills. It's the only it's the only successful slave revolt where they built a state their own state in human history. Yeah. And we don't learn about it. It's super important. And yeah, John Brown studied it and he wanted the South to be a slave state. Is it? And and the West and the Western, you know, powers have been punishing Haiti Haiti ever since. They have. (laughs) They've been mad about it. And the thing and then you get to the point of the actual Civil War where you have I mean Abe Lincoln was essentially a lib and he they were fighting over at first he was like, oh maybe we should send him to um what is it? That country um in Africa, America would send freed slaves to that Liberia. We, Liberia, yeah, and we would. It was basically a lot of people wouldn't want to go to Liberia. They was like, I want to stay in America. Hey, fuck you, right? yeah. I li- yeah. I live in New York. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Motherfucker, you leave. Yeah. <laughs> go back to fucking Ireland or England, where the fuck you came from, man. Why should I have to leave? <laughs> and then he, he transitioned to saying, okay, they can live here, but then you know, it, you know, so you got like the you didn't get the actual radical solution to. You know, American slavery. You got the moderate one. Doesn't so. he, doesn't the writer of that book make the um, argument that like the Haitian Revolution is like more of a completion than the October Revolution and for Soviet Russia of the of the dialectical uh, process no, of the French he, Revolution or no? What he says is um, his his point is that he talks about the revolution very thoroughly, but he says because it was a sl- actual true born slave revolution they were pretty apolitical like they weren't leftist mm. or anything they um they were just trying to become Liberate free themselves so that they could build their own politics yeah and they but then they end up falling into the kind of the trap where the people took power wanted to maintain wealth and then they made right. the plantation system again but with like minimal pay so it kind of ended up in a situation like that but interesting yeah they they didn't have a real full-blown political ideology it was very organic yeah speaking of yeah. like you know people just like who just don't really have like a coherent political ideology let's talk about like ice bay and that like uh detention uh camp parade that uh, mike pence went to like um a lot of like if you guys don't know about ice bay like she kind of went viral on twitter uh, because of, you know, just apparently like apparently people thought she was hot <laughs> on Twitter. And um, so she created a Twitter and uh, in like she just like shared these cringe videos of just like, you know, talking and like uh, what's that uh, vocal fry and <laughs> just like talking about positivity. And yeah, stuff. talking about positivity. And I was just like, OK. And then she just randomly shouts out. Oh, also, uh, you need to follow uh, shout out and follow Vibe H or vibe high yeah and uh apparently he calls himself hotep jesus <laughs> what excuse me are you familiar with like uh hotep jesus or like no. the hotep like kind of internet thing or like black israelites oh yeah i'm from i'm familiar with that i was never heard of Bla- hotep so, jesus so, so so okay so like black israelites like there's like this like virgining like online you know mm-hmm. kind of movement like uh, the yeah, internet no, version no, of I've, the black israelites yeah, yeah no I've, and I've um yeah like they're obsessed with like like uh, just like talking about like Hotep, like or Hotep Ben told you is like he sells shirts that says that he was on Joe Rogan. It's pretty interesting, but yeah, like it's just a perfect example of just like yeah. Apparently, Ice Bay is a Democrat, right? Just a perfect example, right? Of people just do not have like coherent political. Um, 
just uh, like ideology. They just don't have pol- like a coherent political thought. Which we what we need to do is we need to find the like policies that get people mobilized, such as healthcare, such as canceling student debt, like that Gosh, just appeal to a broad amount of people, mm-hmm. right? And that's the way you're going to, you know, that's the way that you're going to, uh, you know, get power. I don't think, you know, you're going to convince uh, Hotep Jesus that, um, you know, you're not going to convince Hotep Jesus of everything, anything. You're going to just have to, you know, offer him something that he cannot refuse. That's that's one of the things that I really appreciated about, <clears throat> excuse me, about what uh, Ayanna Presley said uh, when uh, the squad held their pro- press conference after Trump's tweets last week. Um, she, she was very, very clear and emphatic about about this is just a distraction. This is a distraction from the issues. And what we need to be doing right now is talking about healthcare, talking about debt-free college, you know, talking about, um, you know, climate change, um, everything that's happening right now, like all this racist bullshit. Uh, he's, he, Trump is just doing this to distract everyone right. and divide everyone. I kind of hate that rhetoric, though. Like, whenever it's an attack on uh, marginalized people, uh, you'll hear Democrats say trans talk, like the bathroom talks, a distraction. You have racism's a distraction. And like the whole thing about America being divided, like good, America should be divided. Half of us are fascists, you know? And that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, like, like <laughs> race, racism is never a distraction from anything. Racism is the core of the rot in the American empire. Transphobia is never a distraction. They're committing suicide at the highest rate of anyone. And those things are important as shit. And like the whole distraction rhetoric is like white liberals saying, oh, you're like, look at this. Like, we need to talk about the real issue. Yeah, yeah, but these are the big liberals yeah. still. Yeah, well, and I think it's like it's not a distraction. Racism is a core part of the American experiment. So any talk about racism on any level, Trump's not distracting people. He's mobilizing his followers. But they've identified him as racist. They're saying this is racism. He's yeah. using racism. It's not a distraction though. He's mobilizing he his followers. That he we can he, use it to mobilize as well. Yeah, yeah we can use. But that. it's not a distraction yeah. from yeah. anything. And I think I think that. Um, until the until the squad was elected, you know, there wasn't a single figure because I think, you know, even Bernie Sanders is fond of that trap, too, where, yeah. you know, where we got to focus on working class, working class. Working yeah, class, yeah. Gotta, mm-hmm. You know, we got to we got to focus on economic, you know, economic anxieties. We got to do this, you know, and that's just, you know, that's frankly one way where I disagree with him and most of, you know, American, um, you know, the mainstream politicians is just like, you know, like you're saying, it's not a distraction. It's the entire basis of the country. And you're not going to you're not going to, uh, you know, fix these problems by just focusing on the class aspect. I, I said this last episode, you could have full class parity in America and racism would still be a massive issue. Yeah, this absolutely. country was literally built on racism. You need full re-education and like actually teach about slavery. Like you need to do about a million things to address racism in this country. And like leftists like to act like I think class disparity will help. But if you really think we'd have like a woke America where we still don't push others into the ghetto. I think that's a pipe dream because American racism isn't just based on economics. It's based on white people wanting to live away from black people at the core of it. And if you, you, unless you fix that issue, like the economics of it, they could get better, but they will still try to other people. Okay, yeah, how do you I fix that though. You, I'm saying you need massive re-education. You need to okay, really teach. Really. It would take generations. Yeah, I, mean, I don't well, know about you guys, but like yeah. the only. Uh, 
the, when I was going through grade school, the only anti-racist revolutionary I really learned about was MLK, and even yeah. he was like laundered. Even he was laundered through white liberal whitewashing. Yeah. Pretty much everything after that. I have a dream speech, which which was '63. You know, between yeah. uh, '63 and the date of his death in '68. You know, he took a hard turn towards socialism. He took yeah. a hard turn towards imperialism. He took a hard turn towards castigating white. You mean moderates. towards anti-imperialism? Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's the that's the way it's Sean Hannity. Thinks okay was towards imperialism or towards addressing imperialism, or mind you, um, and th- you know, and it's it's a hybrid dream. You know, they they try out the court about you know playing with look you know little black boys and little white uh, girls, you know, playing together or whatever. But you know, he was a radical. He you know, uh, and we when he was p- planning the poor people's campaign, one of his specific um, things, you know, one of his specific issues was you know we're going to D.C. to get our check. You know, we're we're going we you know we're going there to you know bring you know equity. We're we're going there to you know take what we've been owed. But if you hear any any type of like um, curriculum from any type of school, I got the exact same curriculum. None of that happened. You know, as I have a dream, he did some shit. You know, not important for five years, and then he got shot. You know, yeah. and you know we need to you know bring and also also we we need to actually look at uh, the revolutionaries who had scared American government into acting because Martin Luther King didn't do it by himself. His movement didn't even do it by itself. You know, the American government was afraid as fuck because there are race riots happening in every freaking city. Yeah. Um, uh, Malcolm X was on the rise. Huey Newton was on the rise. Stokely Carmichael. You know, all these radicals that they want to erase helped Huey shape... Huey rocked. Yeah. <laughs> helped shape American policy just as much as MLK did. You know, they, they work together. So, you know, in, in, in tandem and to try and say that we're only going to do this by, you know, following the rules like Nancy Pelosi, you yeah. know, and Schumer and all that. You know, we're going to we're gonna get through this by, you know, making sure we're going we're gonna to do it orderly. No, no, we're not going to do it orderly, you know, because people, people are dying. You know, they're starving. They're rationing insulin. You know, things are becoming dire. So, you know, we need to we need to get back to some of that. You know, late fifties, early sixties mindset. Um, well, look, and that was MLK's whole take is that you'll never. He he was like, we're going to ask for things now, but the fight has to continue basically in perpetuity in America. Yeah, look, to keep asking for. Look, that's obvious. Yeah. Okay, that goes without saying. Yeah. But here's he, I, I I heard this um interview with this woman who uh, wrote a book about um. Um, uh, implicit bias or uh, unconscious bias, right? So uh, a lot of like what she said, like, I mean, you know, there was, there's like, uh, you know, data that shows like, if you look at the ratio of like counties by county of like the, like the ratio between slaves and whites, it'll like predict how they're going to vote 200 years later. Right. Like there was you had uh, black people for uh, over 200 years, you know, uh, 250 years like they were under slavery. Then um, for 100 years, they were under uh, institutionalized violence. And then, you know, white people being a part of that and like seeing that forever. That's going to ha- that's going to hold like an implicit bias in your head and in, and for for generations, right? So what is so how do we ameliorate that implicit bias, right? And we do it, we do it by focusing on by class, killing Jeff and, Bezos. By Wait, killing what? Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> for that's, legal that's reasons, a joke. that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> 
that's satire. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, like we do that by ameliorating the class problems that disproportionately affect uh, black people, they Latinos, yeah. Arabs, and all that, right? You you create the largest mass transfer of wealth to black people in our country's history by giving uh, uh, Medicare for all. Uh, and this is exactly what AOC, Alexander, uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, Ellen Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and uh, Ayanna Presley are talking about. This is the path to ameliorating uh, racial uh, disparities. I, it is. It I is agree. socialism. It is the socialist project. Obviously, it goes without saying that racism is bad. And they said that in the press conference. I thought that press conference is brilliant. Um, you know, I really enjoyed it. And I think, you know, maybe it's because, you know, I'm Palestinian and, you know, I feel like, you know, Israel and Palestine is kind of like a microcosm of the global south versus the global north. Oh, racism, absolutely. R- it's racism not, not a proxy is war. Yeah. Racism and is it's global. Different this everywhere. Is a, we are on a global uh, playing field. And the only way that we're going to have people um, to have working class solidarity with people outside of this country is if we have working class solidarity with people in this country, whether they're white, black, or otherwise. My my whole point was that the leftist project will definitely be good for, like, it'll alleviate racism and it'll help the people who our country pushes down the most, which is everyone who's not white. Um, But I think that the long-term project of actually... You know, doing more about racism isn't just an economic project. Like, American culture is built on racism, so there's so much you have to build around to actually fully address the problem. And I think any leftist who's acting like racism will go, like, get a lot better. Am just I by fixing like that. Though? No, I'm just saying. I'm saying there there are leftists who act like that, and sometimes Bernie even acts like that. I don't know um, if that's why we act. I don't. I, I feel like that's just like tone policing. Honestly, I don't know. I think that's what that is. I'm. I think Bernie's pretty clear on these issues. He's good on. He's. I think he's the yeah. best on race. But yeah, I just think the best. But yeah, the, the best. I would say yes. I mean, I can't satisfactory. I, I would say no. I mean, you probably mm-hmm. have like different yeah. kind of experiences, like hearing mm-hmm. different buzzwords, like that Absolutely. don't apply with me. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So you know, that's something that I need to consider, and I'd love mm-hmm. to hear uh, more of your thoughts on that. Well, before we're going to the show, <laughs> <laughs> we are. Yeah. And we're about. We're we're almost out of time here, but before we close out. I thought we'd end on a lighter note. Um, you mean lighter than systemic racism? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, kind of fascism? It's, uh, <laughs> so it's... We don't talk about the cat's well, musical. We don't talk about the cat's musical. It doesn't depart oh, too yeah, far. Yeah, so we yeah, don't depart too musical, far. So the cat's trailer. Wait, so you, guys, so you guys aren't, you guys aren't <laughs> pumped talking about, like, Holocaust survivors? Like, you know, talking about how, like, we shouldn't have concentration camps? Like, that doesn't make you guys really happy? Well, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Marianne Williamson went on the Rubin Report a few days ago. She fucking bodied him. She fucking dunked on this motherfucker. I have to make a public apology. It was so good. I have to make a public apology. I have been on the record on this podcast saying that I've been, you know, uh, a little bit. I've been a little bit harsh on Marianne Williamson, but she how dare you or the queen? She owned him. That was fucking brilliant. All right, so. Let's go to a clip real quick. Well, well, do you think there's a little bit of a risk in in sort of, I mean, a couple of times you're referencing the genocide of the Jews to to slavery. Seems like a little bit of a a slippery slope there, no? I don't even know how we can say that, actually. And I say that as a Jew. Have you read up much on slavery? Yeah. We're talking abject slavery, Dave. I mean, nobody's in a contest. Nobody has a monopoly on human suffering. This was abject slavery. And also, if you started slavery in 1619 and you had two and a half years, two two and a half centuries 
and then at the end, four, there were four to five million enslaved people. Do you, do you realize generation after generation how many millions of people we're talking about? Right, right. I'm, well, I'm not diminishing that, but you can also talk about the extermination of six million people and the amount of people that never lived because of that, that would be alive. Or your well, ancestors from, well, and from Russia who well, were never given anything and, and came here. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. But the Germans have paid reparations. That's kind of my point. The fact that Germany paid reparations. Germany has done full-on mea culpa. Germany has done full-on mea culpa. Nothing short of full-on mea culpa. Plus reparations, plus uh, a guarantee that every generation theretofore would receive full Holocaust education. That's kind of my point. They cleaned it up. And the fact that it doesn't mean that they can make the Holocaust not have happened, but it has had a tremendous moral, uh, psychological, and, and emotional effect reconciling Germany with the Jews of Germany and the rest of, of Europe. It, that's what reparations do. It is just like in a personal relationship. All that a nation is is a group of people. So the same psychological and emotional and spiritual principles that that. Uh, prevail within the journey of an individual, prevail within the journey of a nation. If you or I wronged each other, somebody was going to need to apologize. That's good. Ooh. That goes into what we Ooh. just talked about. Right, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> she was like full education. That's right. important. Like, no, I yeah. mean, it's, it's an all, it's an all, um, it's an all means necessary yeah. approach. That's what we have to do. Yeah. We have, of course, education is on the table. But I think that if we do, if, I think we should primarily focus our efforts not on education because like, like, like the, the Hotep Jesus stuff. You're just never going to get people to be convinced of a political ideology. I don't think that's, they have to come to that on their own. American education. Education literally breeds conservatives, though. It is tailored to breed conservatives. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. well, I mean, we could do something about that, sure. But I don't think that. That's like, why they, I don't think that's the be-all, end-all. Once education happens, we don't, we get we have to forget about you, class. You have guys out of high school telling people with college degrees to read basic economics because high school teaches you that America won World War Two, America won World War One, yeah, bullshit. and slavery was a long time ago. And America won World War One. Okay, we were there for like a, yeah. a couple. Months. <laughs> and, like, we, we came in through the end, like drunk as hell, like, you know, France and England and everyone yeah. are decimated. It's like, hey, I find war, y'all need some yeah. help. <laughs> and that's the thing, in Germany. They just went for some BJs from French bras. <laughs> <laughs> Germany did do Germany did do good, and they actually didn't do good for a long time. Germany took until like the eighties, I think, to really kick into gear with the Holocaust stuff because they kind of ignored it for a little bit. And even 40 yeah. years is yeah. way... Way better in America. Yeah. 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 We are yeah. far long yeah. overdue. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's why, you know, the, me personally, you know, as a 100% support of reparations, clearly, um, I think that the way we frame this, you know, yes, yes, reparations are absolutely for the, you know, the vestiges of slavery. But it's not like, oh, slavery, everything's good, you know, it's equal. No, it were, there, but then there were, you know, then there were a reconstruction. As soon as reconstruction ended, then there were black codes. Okay, uh, okay. The black codes led into the Jim Crow. Okay, Jim Crow, yeah, Jim Crow led into redlining and the drug war. Okay, and we're just now trying to repeal the drug war. So it's not like reparations for all of that. You know, not just you know the you know the 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 chattel slavery that my that my ancestors went through. It's this, it's shit that my grandfather had to go through. It's shit that my mother had to go through. It's shit that I have to go through every day. So you know these you know these reparations are absolutely necessary. And I'm glad that they're becoming a, a mainstream conversation. And I think that uh, Marianne Williamson's going to, um, you know, I don't want to 
make any any predictions, but I think that she's going to last a lot longer than I, I think say, she might half too. Of yeah. the candidates we, we had a, in this, we, in this we race. We had a debate about reparations last time where I said reparations should be asking for more. Then you actually it's actually wanted right. interest, yeah. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone, someone, someone disagreed. Yeah. Well, well, I, I mean, I, I think it was Ali. She was just like, she was just kind of concerned with like, Why, you know, like take anything, right? Take yeah. anything, like just, just get it, right? Well, I was thinking it should but be like, like Medicare for all. We're asking for more, and you think the government will give? But since showing that even if you get reparations, that there's more on the fucking table. I mean, I think yeah. I, I, I was, which is what he was saying. I shared well, that I, I, would like say, the, I would say we're we're not even going to use the word ask. Demand slash take. I have the same like concerns as you. I said that, Mitch. Like I'm just really concerned that reparations becomes like a Trojan horse, and if they do ever get passed, people just like you know start saying, especially the Republicans. Oh well, racism's, slavery, over. racism's I, over. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Like I don't really um, try to use their talking points of their ideology to guide what I'm going for. Yeah, I, I agree. Know I, I, know agree. Gonna, I know they're gonna they're arguing they're gonna argue bad faith. If, if I do, but Democrats every, will Democrats will do it too. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Conservatives, exactly. We should say conservatives, not do do it by party because the conservatives right. definitely both parties. But I'm you know I think that they're always gonna argue. We need to set the conversation. Stop saying, well, if we if we ask for the like you know if we call them racist, then they're not gonna no, want to yeah. work with us. You know if we do this, they're fuck not gonna it. Want to, yeah, fuck it. You know they, right. it, it, you can we can do everything perfectly. You know uh, walk, walk on eggshells. You know Obama just, did it, yeah, and they yeah. fucking yeah. spat. Exactly. After like, the Obama, after the eight years of Obama, and you think that you know these people are still gonna negotiate in good faith that we should still consider their feelings at all? No, fuck their feelings, fuck them. Run me my check, okay? <laughs> I that I mean, like, I mean, I'm not considering like just their feelings. I'm considering the electorate's feelings. Like you know, like you, we live in a like you know, we live things on the table. The things on the table for the representatives. The things on the table and for reparations are very minimalist. They're not actually what civil rights activists have wanted. Right, and yeah. I think, and I think we're all in agreement that that's not enough. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Cool. Well, we are out of time now, um, so we're going to close out. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Uh, once again, please subscribe to our show. Uh, please, if uh, if if you uh, like what you heard, then please rate us on iTunes. It'll help new listeners find our show. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, SOTR Pod, and uh, you can also give us your give us your money on Patreon.com/slash Michigan Progressive. I'm Benjamin Klon. Zachary Reinhardt. Joseph Hardy. Alex Sahori. Mitch again. Thanks for being here, guys, and thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Thank you.